Welcome back to the Field Trip Podcast. As always, my name is Brent Terhune. Joining me on this episode for what I'm calling the best villains or the greatest villains or your favorite villains. I'll not edit that later. Um, but joining me uh, for the, th- I don't know, the third or fourth time, Isaac Lanford. Hello. And for the first time, he's back for the first time by popular demand by himself, Joe Bates. Hi. So instead of just getting me for the first time earlier, you said, I'll just use Isaac again. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I I can trust Isaac. You're, oh, you're a I'm freshman. A right? yeah, this a goes card. bad. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, well, let's get some plugs out of the way here. Uh, Joe Bates, what would you like to uh, promote to Thank my so millions of listeners? Thank you so much, Brenter Hune. Uh, I, I love your videos. I've, I've seen a one. Um, <laughs> you could check. Was <laughs> it, it was the your boat stand-up. one? I like the boat <laughs> no, one. It was your stand-up. It was horrible. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm an uh, internet I, comedian now. <laughs> That's good. Get to the tweets. Uh, you're the next Rob Delaney. Um, I am Joe Bates. I have an album coming out January 22nd with On Tour Records, who also did an album with Brent Terhune. Uh, I have an album coming out January 22nd. It's called Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates. Um, it's uh, pretty good. It's pretty fun. I would check it out. Isaac uh, helped us on it as well, the other guest. Um, and uh, I'm also doing an album release show at the White Rabbit Cabaret. Uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana? Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and when is your, is that the same day your album release show? Yep. The 22nd January, as well? Both Two together. days after the country uh, has healed. <laughs> Two days. Well, when they're healed, they're going to want to laugh, you know, because laughter is the best medicine. So you, to fully heal, I hope. Well, laughter is healing. Laughter uh, is healing. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that'll be available on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff too. It will be. And uh, if you have COVID, go to the show because laughter is healing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, iTunes, Spotify. The pre-sale link is up now. You can uh, pre-buy it. Amazon Music, iTunes, all that stuff. I prefer iTunes so I can tell everybody I'm the only comic to ever have my record go number one on iTunes. <laughs> well, you to have two of them, then you'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do it? They're competing against each other. Well, all you have to do is make sure nobody uh, listens to Jim Gaffigan and his 13 comedy albums. Yeah. Yes. Or Jim Weird Gaffigan. Al Yankovic. <laughs> yeah. Jim Gaffigan and Weird Al have uh, the top 13 albums in the top 10 at any given time That's on uh, Apple. And Isaac, you also have an album out through On Tour Records as well. Uh, I love and Joe Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Mine only went number three on iTunes, though, because unfortunately people were still listening to Weird Al's latest effort from 2017. <laughs> uh, well, you're in the rare company that you're one of the comedians that get to, you get to plug your uh, number three album. It only went to number three. Uh, and two days before Joe Bates's album uh, comes out, actually, uh, I wanted to plug that me and some uh, friends are organizing a event at the Capitol to defend our democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel my show. I'm in. <laughs> this is uh, the perfect time in between the last time they stormed it and the next time they'll storm it. So now it's still funny. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, but I, I encourage everybody to buy Joe's album because I spent like 52 hours editing it. <laughs> that's a lot of editing. Uh, now, that's yeah, like... he's he's an he's an okay comedian. <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> that's like when you hear yeah. a movie took 10 years to come out, you get suspicious. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty good album. Uh, Isaac's it's basically just Isaac stand up. That's when I started listening to it. <laughs> Where am I? He cut in your laugh track. Yeah. (laughs) Just, yeah, my voice plugged in over Joe's to fix some different stumbles. And uh... it's, it was pretty much Isaac doing a lip sync TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty good album, those lip sync TikTok albums. (laughs) Uh, See, there's black people. Then there's. Let's not get into the geez Louise. What I didn't say it, I was only lip syncing Chris Rock on TikTok. Um, I don't know what that is. So, our, our, our topic at hand, uh, I chose my two favorite villains to be on this episode Joe and Isaac, <laughs> or your favorite villain or the best villain. And, and you're before we start to name names and cast checks, um. What are uh, what in your mind? What makes a good villain? Uh, for 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 me, what makes a good villain is a uh, 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 murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good sign of a villain if they kill somebody with a with a, with no ill regard. Um, and uh, I like a little charisma. You know, mm-hmm. you want the guy to kind. You're like he murdered somebody, but goddamn, he's good looking. Um, and just you know, just a swagger, a swagger unlike any other. I could see you know, that. You remember the movie with the movie, you remember the villain, not the hero, you know, not like let's say Die Hard, where it's like it's all John McClane. I don't want to, I don't want to cheer for John McClane. I mean, uh, Hans Gruber, never heard of him, never saw the movie. Uh, Actually, uh, <laughs> this I'm less than uh, two or three weeks removed from saying Die Hard for the first time. I've never seen it. It's my favorite New Year's Eve movie. I uh, I like I think it's my uh, pa- favorite Passover movie. <laughs> <laughs> they mention it. Uh, <laughs> he passes over them in the air ducts. That's true. Uh, I still <laughs> watching it for thirty eight years. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac, for you, what makes a good villain? I think the best villain is somebody who you can sympathize with to a degree mm-hmm. where it's, you're like, you know, in a different uh, scenario that he could have been the hero or we could have viewed him as the hero, mm-hmm. like a, a bit of a, or at least that he really believes that what he's doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's <clears throat> makes the most dangerous villain because it's not just a, a sociopath like doing things to hurt other people. It's like they they think they are on a mission. I and we'll get into that because I th- what you said I totally agree with and disagree with at the same time. Uh, <laughs> I, dis- I disagree highly with this. I dissent. sociopaths are the best. <laughs> well, I f- I found some. It's a villain characteristics checklist. So I typed in what makes a good villain, and you get all these like writing prompt website so if you're trying to build your villain there's a list of stuff that you know a couple of these websites would recommend so here's one um he's convinced he's the good guy he has many likable qualities like you just said joe uh he's worthy uh he's a worthy enough opponent to make your hero look good 
you and uh, your reader like when he's on stage or in, in the movie, whatever. He's clever and accomplished enough that people must lend uh, him uh, begrudging, begrudging respect. He, can, uh, he can't be a fool or a bumbler. He has many of the same characteristics as the hero. He should occasionally be kind, but not just for show. He can be merciless, uh, even to the innocent. He's uh, persuasive. He'll stop at nothing to get what he wants. He's proud, deceitful, jealous, and vengeful. So those were some of the traits on this list. <clears throat> yeah, that's why every superhero movie has him just fight the bad version of himself. <laughs> they read that list and they're like, wouldn't the easiest thing? Let's get Bizarro in here. Give him a mustache and let them fight each other. Personally, I always liked when uh, they had Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla, and like these people had enough time to build a robot version, and they still lost. Yeah. Well, hey, man can't uh, can't defeat the abomination that is Godzilla. Jesus. It was actually aliens that made uh, Mecha Godzilla. Uh, I'm so sorry you didn't see the movie, Isaac. Um, he shoots rocket punches. He still is, like you would think they would make Mecha Godzilla with longer arms. Yeah, not to scale. They would make him bigger. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big gun. They don't even need to be a, a monster lizard thing. He could have just been a big gun. Yeah, could have been a big, or a bomb. <laughs> or yeah, bigger than Godzilla would have been a step though. Yeah, that... uh, another list of stuff you identify with a good villain. Uh, a good villain is connected with the hero. So their example was like, uh, and we'll talk about, you know, Darth Vader or a Voldemort. So they they have something in common. Uh, they're worthy. They're worthy adversary. Like the other list, uh, a good villain gets under your skin. That's how I I I love when somebody portrays a villain. When I leave that movie or show also thinking I hate instead of whatever character you just played Isaac I say that Isaac Lanford is an asshole yeah where he, the actor is ruined for you going yeah forward. yeah, yeah. You're like my god I can't stand uh Dustin Diamond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh and a good villain is fun oh. I think there's uh I don't know it's always like we'll get I don't want to spoil any names, but I'll point out the fun ones. You guys want to, anybody who wants to go first on naming some some of your favorite villains? Joe, you want to go? Are we so are we naming our just favorite, or are we just naming a, a few here? Those are synonymous. Whatever. There's no rules on okay. the here on the field trip podcast. Sorry, you just I, I know you're very ordered and professional, Brent. So I didn't want to break any of the 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 stuff. You sent me a whole synopsis of how this is gonna go. You even you're wrote going my script. off script, Joe. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I, sorry. No I'm reading. Improv. I'm reading the next podcast thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my my favorite villain is Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. I don't know anything about this person, so why don't you tell me? Snipes. It's Wesley Snipes. Basically, he's a criminal psychopath, and it starts out with him having a busload of hostages, and Sylvester Stallone needs to go take him down. And he gets there. He blows the whole building up. They find a bunch of the corpses of the, the hostages. Simon Phoenix tells the cops that, uh, that Sylvester Stallone's character knew about it, and they believe him. 
and so they cryogenically freeze both of them and way into the future they unfreeze simon phoenix and he finds out they've got rid of violent crime so he just starts murdering everybody and they don't know how to stop him because they never had to deal with anybody with a gun before their punishment is to be perfectly preserved for x amount of years yeah (laughs) and he comes out and he's like oh, these are all just a bunch of dweebs, and he takes full advantage of it. And they have to unfreeze the Sylvester Stallone's character because he's the only one who's ever held a gun before to fight uh, Simon Phoenix. I love it. I love it so much. And he's, like, just full-on, like, I don't... He's, like, kind of like Joker in that way, but he's just full-on, like, I don't care. I'll murder for whatever reason. I'm just going to have fun with it. And it's Mm -hmm. perfect. Is that's, That's the Taco Bell movie, isn't it? Yeah, we're in the future. The music they all listen to is just ad jingles. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of idiocracy, but <laughs> like an action movie. Yeah, it is. It's like idiocracy, but they're all sophisticated. They also have like an underground sort of Morlock thing. A bunch of people that are unliked because they do whatever they want and want to like have sex and fun. Uh, but that group is led by Dennis Leary, so who wants to cheer for them? And, and they've never wanted to hold a gun. That's not something any of them <laughs> got into. No, that's too that's too much, buddy. That movie doesn't take place in America. Yeah, I know that. It's, it's like the the future became the PG era of WWE. Really? <laughs> Can we just talk about this movie for the rest of the podcast? Uh, it's so good. I wish you had seen it. I recommend it. If you guys have not seen Demolition Man, you're going to love Seashells. And... I, I saw it, but did not think it was good and let it leave my brain. Well, who are you going to pay attention to? The guy who edited my album or the guy who made the album, you know? <laughs> um, Isaac, would you like to go with one of yours? Yeah, um... I'm going to mention two that are like opposite ends of the spectrum here. I think the best movie villain I've ever seen is the dick in Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) Stepdad mean guy in Pan's Labyrinth is like the most intense villain in a movie I've ever seen. I've never seen Pan's Labyrinth. We really should have coordinated with some of these. (laughs) Joe, have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, no, but I have this indie film called Brazil, and I really want to... <laughs> no, yeah, I've seen Pan's Labyrinth. It's fantastic. Up until this point, I thought it was Pam's Labyrinth. <laughs> I had no idea it was Pam's. This one! Where is the... There's an apple pie in the middle of it. Uh, then the other end of the spectrum, I'm going to submit one, uh, Francis, uh, Buck... What's his name in Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Buckman? Francis... Oh. I just know him as Francis. Yeah. Yeah. Francis is a good villain. That's, that's a line that I will quote without anybody knowing like (laughs) what I'm talking about. My dad said I could have anything I want. I want your bike. Pee wee. (laughs) Oh, be sorry. Pee wee Herman. (laughs) Doesn't, Uh, doesn't Francis wear like a body, like a a body suit, like a one piece. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he does. And also, uh, he, that actor was incredible as who had to have been the star basketball player on Teen Wolf's basketball team before Scott became a Teen Wolf. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you, once you get, you know, there's no rule that says werewolves can't play. 
<laughs> or or guys that you know you don't have to be able to run the whole court without taking a break. <laughs> he he just he runs. He's a half court guy. Yeah. Just pass it to me when you guys get the ball back. He's not so good at shooting, <laughs> rebounding. Anybody that bathes in his full swimming pool is a is a heel. Yeah, I Francis bathes in a swimming pool, and I love it. It's you rarely see a good guy bathe though. It's always the bad guy like relaxing. And unless the good guy has recently been injured in a fight, and the love interest has to tend to him. Oh yeah, sponges. What if he's Mel Gibson in the movie Maverick? <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, that's movie Maverick. <laughs> Where he's in a whorehouse. And you only bathe in a whorehouse in the Old West. (laughs) He directed Jesus. Oh. (laughs) You know what? You know who's another really bad dad? uh, Another villain, but he's like kind of a side villain, is in the movie Mighty Ducks. uh, Adam Banks' dad cheers for Adam Banks' old team instead of the team his son is on. That's worse than not going to the game at all. <laughs> he goes to cheer for the old team. And it's like, what? This is peewee hockey, buddy. Like, <laughs> what world do we live in? It's been a while since I've watched the Mighty Ducks. Why isn't Adam Banks on that team anymore? Oh, because they changed the districting. It was regional. So they moved the border of whatever the county was. So he actually lived where the Mighty Ducks like team is. Ed was just like, I'm sorry, Adam. Like, yeah, play on that shitty team. We're not moving for one. That's insane. But I will go cheer on because I'm very passionate about this peewee football team that I've been hockey, hockey team, hockey team, hockey team. <laughs> God damn it, son! I got all these foam fingers. I got the hats. It doesn't make and the movie is so stupid. Like the playoff format, the the Ducks get in as an eight seed, and they don't play the Hawks a one seed until the championship game. Mm. What yeah. format does that? I can see how that would ruin that movie for you. It well, when I got older, <laughs> when, when you I really got older, think that's about what, it. you can, really think about it. That I think that might be where the problem is. Too many holes, you ask me. Too many holes. <laughs> Rooting for the old team, Joe. You need to move on. Yeah, oh, I'm not a. I'm not a. You're. What, what's the the villain coach saying that he goes? You're not. You're not a has been. You're a never was. And then he pops his collar. <laughs> Ooh, and then, pretty good. Like in Dewey Cox, he says, "Wrong kid died." <laughs> Do you guys ever see the movie Sidekicks with Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis? Yeah, no. dude, it's really good. So. <laughs> In that movie, Joe Piscopo plays the bad guy Sensei, and he is just the the Sensei from Cobra Kai. <laughs> exact same thing. It's to a T. It's just the same character, but they got Joe Piscopo to play it. It's and he does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> the only Chuck Norris movie I remember is the one where he can like shapeshift in between animals. Like he could be a bear. Holy shit. Or a wolf or an eagle. Delta Force? Yes. This is just a podcast where we explain the plot of movies <laughs> we haven't seen. Well, we can talk about a movie that we all have seen, I think, which is any version of The Joker. Is that is that on your list of villains there? Yeah. When I think of the best villains, uh, you know, 
I think the Joker just in general is one of the best villains, but more so I'm talking about the, the Heath Ledger uh, Dark Knight version. Well, in Batman Mask of Phantasm, which is the animated... <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I think the Joker... Joker goes against a lot of the things I had said about yeah. what makes a good villain, but I do think that is a character that has been handled both ways, and it's worked both ways, where when we've been given more of a backstory on him, they make him a little more sympathetic mm-hmm. as to how a person could lose their mind and become... Mm-hmm. But he also works as just an agent of chaos. Yeah, yeah the guy that... Like... Go ahead, Joe. No, it's like just the person who's like, I don't know where this person came from, but this is nuts. Very similar to Simon Phoenix from the movie Demolition Man. <laughs> <laughs> if somehow we could freeze the Joker... <laughs> <laughs> days are over for 30 years to the day mr freeze I think, yeah well yeah we could do that he's a great like that sympathetic character because mr freeze is the hero in his own story mm-hmm. yeah mr i feel like i don't know batman has so many good villains he does in general he has the best rogues gallery i think by far and then like, for like a guy whose name is just another word for a, a riddle. Like yeah. <laughs> the Riddler or the Penguin who, who does really have any superpowers. He's just like a well-connected guy. Yeah, but he's also short. And then people called him a penguin and he's like, oh, I'm a penguin, huh? Well, then let me go get some penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. Don't move. And my own <laughs> for some reason, you know, because penguins. And I'll use, my- I'll strap bombs to them because I love them, but not that much. <laughs> my favorite Batman villain in the comics is Scarface, which is just a ventriloquist, and the dummy is Scarface. That I like that villain. Yeah, it was <laughs> in the cartoon is where I like, but I always thought it was cool. <laughs> I always thought it was very dumb. Because it was, it was a, he was a psychological villain. Because yeah. clearly, it's the guy being a ventriloquist. But his lips don't move, so you do, you can't say that for sure. No, see here, the flaw is that the villain, the Batman villain, is not Scarface. The Batman villain is the ventriloquist. The, okay, really throwing his voice then, because I thought the villain was the Scarface. <laughs> the bat, the villain of Batman is Batman because he refuses to kill any of these people. Yeah, he's really getting in his own way. He doesn't want it to end. What's he going to do? What's he going to do if he saves Gotham? I just can't be a billionaire, guys. I got to have a hobby. Well, like Wayne Enterprises is the biggest employer in Gotham. And the second biggest employer in Gotham is the supervillains. And the third most is Batman and his sidekicks. (laughs) (laughs) Has there ever been a superhero series where the sidekick dies every... Like Kenny from South Park just dies every episode. There should be. It's set like a few years back. They did like a revamp of the DC universe and they tried to make it to where the the DC universe was only like five years old. Like superheroes had only been around for five years, Mm -hmm. but they didn't get rid of any of the Robins. (laughs) How many? Yeah. Gone through a lot of Robins. So Dick Grayson yeah. was already an adult. He'd already been rubbed. Jason Todd had already been killed and came back. Tim Drake had already come and gone. And now there was a fourth one. 
and a bad girl probably so hard to find good robins these days do you think Batman at any time was like when there was like Batgirl and there's also Batwoman was like, can you just do your own thing? That's what I said as the reader. <laughs> the worst. That's actually the greatest villain is the reader. <laughs> it is true. Uh, but back to what you know, what you said before, Isaac, about the Joker, like like at cer- a certain points of the joker it makes no sense of why he's doing that yeah which is you know i'll talk about later with another character that's also cool because like there's no motivation so like he's just out to hurt people but then also if you get like the whatever the most recent joker joaquin phoenix um who's is that relation to your guy joe uh i'm in phoenix well, no. <laughs> yeah uh, you get more backstory. Uh, with the, you get more backstory with with the Joaquin Phoenix Joker <laughs> of why he's like what he is, even though he's wrong. You know, uh, so is he I, though? Did you watch the movie? Do you like capitalism? Like what? I like sleeping in my refrigerator for no reason, <laughs> <laughs> like he does in that movie. It, uh, go ahead, Isaac. No, I was just gonna say that. It's interesting because the, that character can it kind of becomes a different character though because it was in the uh, the Christian Bale movie whoever said the line Alfred whoever it is is like some people just like to watch the world burn mm-hmm. that's a completely different type of villain where it's like we don't know his motivations we don't understand why he's doing this but he's also doing it in such a methodical way you would think as like a criminologist, like looking at this, that there is some rhyme or reason to why he's doing it, that you're going to discover something at the end, but then it's not there. And that's kind of frustrating to you. Mm-hmm. The, the inspector, the audience watching this, that there is no more. I think whenever, when you give the backstory, you run the ri- risk of like, we had this trend in movies where they're like, Oh, you like a, you like the murderers and slasher movies from the eighties. What if we found out what he was like when he was 10? How about mm-hmm. that? You, oh, you guys like Willy Wonka. What if we made a movie that's just about him being a kid and not wanting to go to the dentist? The like, prequels. <laughs> yeah. And in none of those movies, do you see someone travel back in time to kill them? Yeah. <laughs> or no, no one gets cryogenically frozen. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. The cryogenically fr- you need to cryogenically freeze yourself and put yourself back in time. Yeah, I like. I want you, Joe. I want you to have your own show where you review movies, and they all suck just based on if they were cryogenically frozen or not. And then we pray to Walt Disney at the end of it. <laughs> I just checked out this show, Futurama. Pretty good <laughs> content. <laughs> kind of like and they bring it back later it's a big plot point <laughs> uh, I just checked out this movie in Sino man now it's not your standard cryogenic control. <laughs> it's more like the basic thing they based everything off of <laughs> let me pull a chart thing. back that's from the past <laughs> different don't like it <laughs> Uh, That's you, chronologically frozen. <laughs> do you guys have another villain? Because I have a list, but I didn't know if you guys had ones that came to mind. 
Those were the first two when I was thinking about this earlier. Those are the first two for me that came to mind were Francis and the guy from Pants <laughs> One One time I was talking to my buddy about villains, and I was just saying, and this is because Demolition Man is an example of this. It's very rare to have a movie that's the white guy is the good guy and a black guy is the villain, except most Sylvester Stallone movies. Because like three of the Rockies, he's the good guy. You know, and then I told him this, and my buddy said, and also Green Mile, I still think he did it. And I go, no. <laughs> I don't know what that says about you or your friend. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> because I recently watched the movie was uh, Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a great villain. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christopher, uh, what's his dick? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> A fantastic villain and i recently i read the the book that that movie is based on who censored roger rabbit and that character isn't in the book at all that was created for the movie and he played it's like got very like old like school nazi vibes to him and he was creepy as shit for a kid's movie well and then it's funny you mentioned just in general uh when you need a good villain nazis are always a good go-to oh yeah yeah, it's easy. It's it's pretty much a shoe in there. I mean, but what probably, if you went back in time with all the Nazis were ten? <laughs> probably a little harder to make a Nazi uh, the villain these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, also, along the same lines of just saying Nazis, uh, I wrote down zombies, which is a very generic villain, but that that also leads to. Because any zombie thing is not about zombies. It's about the human relationships. Yeah. But the, it's just always just like a, a good backdrop to whatever conflict is already going on. How many zombie scripts do you think have been written that the people don't understand what you just said? That there's supposed to be something else going on in the zombie movie? Well, yeah. The, it's uh, when you watch, uh, you know... Um, the walking dead and you're like why aren't there more zombies well you also have to have conflict it can't just be all zombies why does then it you, have a chainsaw yeah then you, then you'd be like man there's too many zombies in the zombie movie <laughs> yeah i think anytime that you uh the villain is human but lacking humanity is a pretty easy way for us to get on board to hating them mm-hmm I think a very good movie about villain that flips it on its head is a uh, Tucker and Dale uh, versus evil. I've never seen that. That's a good movie. That's a couple of where, like the evil redneck guys are actually good guys and everything is just an accident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a good movie. What about talking about villains? I don't know if any of these make your list. What about like pro wrestling? Ric Flair is a great villain. Oh yeah. Well, I, it's funny you say that because I had Vince McMahon and the NWO. Yeah, uh, those are separate things. But uh, just because <laughs> I was, <laughs> you know how Vince McMahon was in the NWO. Um, I was. It was to, me, Austin. It was me the whole time. Uh, I was listening to a wrestling podcast earlier today, actually, and they were talking about how in wrestling there's a trend to have shades of gray. So this guy's not a good guy, and he's not a bad guy. And the it was Eric Bischoff, 
who was talking and he was saying, you know, the best stories always have a good guy and they always have a bad guy with a story. It's not, it's like shades of gray. Then it's like, if you don't really care if this guy's a good guy or a bad guy. So I thought that was a good compelling argument as far as like, I, I need you to be clearly bad or I need you to be clearly good. But then also the thing is, I, I don't agree with that theory at, at all, you know, not a hundred percent either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As long as we understand the story, I think is the only thing that's important. Like in wrestling, it wasn't unique to wrestling either that like at the same time that the biggest things in wrestling were the anti-heroes literal anti-superheroes was what was big in comic books at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the 90s. Mm -hmm. People were angsty. <laughs> Everyone had muscles and little feet. <laughs> and when I was watching wrestling as a kid, Shawn Michaels is who like emerges like the best villain in wrestling. When he kicked Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window was like a defining moment of my childhood. He betrayed me. <laughs> My favorite wrestling villain is Gangrel because he's a vampire. So he's like two bad things. Yeah. I think we can all agree Gangrel is the. <laughs> <laughs> no, but his, he had two guys that were also vampires. It was three vampires. <laughs> it was, some would say, a brood of vampires. Uh, but they drank blood. That's how you knew they were vampires. They never bit anybody's neck, though. That was weird. Why do vampires love raves? Did you know the brood couldn't get into the ring until the announcer announced them? <laughs> that should that if that should have been part of their gimmick. It should have been amazing. They got disqualified because they nobody invited them into the ring. Yeah. I actually think that's a, an indie wrestler's gimmick is he's a vampire and he tries to get the, the announcer to invite him into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I think his name's Dan. Is it? I think it's Dan Housen. I'd have to look. That is great. I love it. My Jason Nicholson, who listens to the show, will uh, tweet me and say, yes, it's Dan Housen. Um, <laughs> you know what vampires suck at? Uh, oh, that's funny, too. Is self-reflection. Okay, Joe. <laughs> Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates available. <laughs> Yeah, a, no, shut up. It's Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates. Don't get, it's very self-titled. Don't get the name wrong. When uh, Isaac was editing my album, he we were listening together, and at the 42nd minute, he told me, that's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's... Go, thanks. Another joke he said, it looks like that joke's not finished yet. And I go, uh, I guess. <laughs> well, you are editing the album, so... <laughs> it's done. It sounds like to me the best villain of this show was Isaac. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Well, I'm many, the hero of this story. <laughs> many would say that probably Vince McMahon is the best villain in wrestling. I mean, you could probably argue other, you know, like I have the NWO, but that they were also cool. It was cool be, to be a villain, you know. For sure, Vince McMahon's interesting because. Not only is he the villain, like he acts and plays the villain, but he's also the villain for everyone who likes wrestling. Yeah. Just blame. And he's a villain to all the wrestlers in real life, too. <laughs> People watch his programming religiously, and they hate him. It is so weird how, 
I like, I, you know, I'm a horror fan. So people will purposely watch bad movies. Mm-hmm. But they'll also, wrestling fans will also purposely watch stuff they hate and then complain about it. Yeah. Like well, wrestling. Stop watching it if you don't like it. Three hours multiple times a week and then talk about how it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but I will. I will say, though, in defense of wrestling fans doing that, and I think you're going to bring up a villain later, you're going to see the worst kind of fans later when you bring up maybe a uh, a guy who's mostly robotic and uh, is the father to the hero. Those fans ruin the product, whereas wrestling fans, just we just put up with it. Why don't you just say who you're talking about, Joe? Oh, Darth Vader, Star Wars fans are the worst. Yeah, he, didn't he bring up Darth Vader earlier? His ex- I got nervous. I got nervous. I don't know. I don't know. I, I look. I, I, I threw my fire is dying, so I threw the script in there. So I've kind of been winging it. All right. So would you say out. we talked about you know sh- painting in the prequel aspect of you know going back and oh here's how we became who he is? Would you say that you like Darth Vader now more with the prequel episodes? Or would you rather just have the three, you know, New Hope trilogy and just like Darth Vader for Darth Vader? I could have handled it. This is it's hard to like try to like, you know, take away elements of this. I didn't need to see him as a child. Mm-hmm. I could have handled seeing one movie that's him as a young Jedi who turns bad. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been an, an OK story. I also could have handled just being told he was a Jedi who turned bad. I didn't really need the more to go along with it. I understand people love the character. Seeing young Obi-Wan Kenobi was cool. That made, that's like the best thing about the prequels in general. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you and McGregor does a great job as well. Like, the, the Obi-Wan stays cool throughout. Uh, but I think Darth Vader was a great villain because he was dark ominous and mysterious and then his story ended with finding out more about him mm-hmm. when and you put on the front end imagine being a child who watches the prequels then you see darth vader in a new hope for the first time you're like yeah when's something gonna happen with anakin skywalker <laughs> but i would say though like i know it's technically the episodes one through three as like the prequel but it really isn't like chronologically like they're telling you beforehand. They're still telling you after you find out the character. Yeah, I mean, it I mean, they make on a pretty cool you... movie. You're not gonna be like, oh man, now this like the Hobbit. You're not gonna watch when you watch Lord of the Rings. You don't have to watch the first three Hobbits. It's just more detail of the background to what you just saw. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Is did it lend itself to making the character greater than what it was? Because I I do like oh he you know, became evil because he wanted to save his family or so. I think it, you know, it's been a while since I've seen the prequels, but I think that's the gist is I think we can all relate to, Oh, we want to save the people that we love. And that's how we took this path. And then it, then it bit him in the ass. Cause then she didn't want him in, you know, at the end anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, he, even then like his mom died cause he was gone. And they already said like, he's too tied to like, like the big thing with Jedi's, if you're too tied to loving somebody, as you see in Mandalorian, I don't want to ruin it. It's hard to trust that they're gonna like the Force because they're gonna want to protect somebody instead of protect everybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this plays into what you were saying, Joe, about the fans being the enemy, though. But that's all, like, revisionist shit. Yeah. When, like, Darth Vader was just a, a, a Jedi who got power hungry. To me, that's enough of a story. I don't, like, you know, but obviously there's more. I do have a problem with fans thinking it's theirs, not the person who created it. I think yeah. that's a very strange dynamic that like if that's what the guy in charge says that is what it is then i guess it's what it is i don't have to enjoy it as much uh, i would go back about the hobbit and stuff though is although the movies came out the hobbit story does take place first did come out first yeah but yeah, i only watch the movies i don't read now you guys are both being villains. Yeah. But I'll say I'll... this to agree with Isaac's point, though, and to kind of tie it back to something we talked about earlier. The more The Undertaker acts like a regular dude, the less I like him. <laughs> <laughs> when he's wearing the, the, the Blue Lives Matter shirts in the interview, and you're like, Oh, just when he's like, uh, Call me Mark. And I'm like, Now. <laughs> I call you Take. Yeah, you're you're taking you're taking my childhood away. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I put together a list, but I also just you know you Google a list, and the guy that popped up on a lot of them, uh, Hannibal Lecter. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. That. Yeah, well, they got yeah they got the new Clarice show coming out, and I was just telling my friend, I was like, what kind of universe did Silence of the Lambs create? Where there's like four different movies, there's two different television shows. And I was like, it was just the one movie. And they're like, yeah, this is the world we want to live in. It's the expanded universe. It's crazy. <laughs> it's more successful than the DC extended universe somehow. The Silence of the Lambs universe. I heard the new movie is going to have all the Hannibal Lecter actors in it. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, Le the Lecterverse, the multi-Lecterverse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've only... I've seen... Uh, there's Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and Red Dragon. I think of the movies, and then there's another one, and it's not Anthony Hopkins. I I think it's Manhunter, maybe. Yeah, yeah I saw the one with Edward Norton. I saw Red that, Dragon. I think I was. I, I think it was like, you know, in my early twenties, and I was drunk when I watched it, and I don't mm -hmm. really remember it very well. I mean. He is a great villain. I mean, even for my limited knowledge, like that's a great villain. He's scary. He is, and it's scary. And for the half, I just rewatched Silence of the Lambs, and like he's not even in the movie for that long. And the the stuff that's menacing about him is, I don't know, just his portrayal is very, you know, I don't know, kind of like a rich, rich, smart guy, and he's helping Clarice catch the the actual villain. And then halfway through the movie, he also becomes a villain himself. And you see why he's locked behind the glass or whatever. But um, yeah, there I is, just, he's, there he's, is he's fucking smart. Old. That's what it is. He's just a smart, evil guy. There's yeah. always something scary when you see the villain talk and they are just so sure of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that is scary because you know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. well, so calculated yeah go ahead he mind fucks clarice like and as soon as she meets him in the movie like and so you see that like how sinister he is mm -hmm. it's not like the catchphrases about like you know pairing wine with people's body it's just that he is able to dissect your person so easily 
and cut to the bone. That, and that that's it where he's like, he can dissect you and manipulate you mentally, but then also he eats people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. A little extra. <laughs> a double whammy. Um, <laughs> it's the two most evil things you can do. Be smart and cannibalism. And eat people. Um, one that's that I cannibal- added it matter. to the list <laughs> is one of my favorites uh, is Magneto. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking of him actually earlier because he's another where it's like you you could see why people would join Magneto's side. He's just angry. He's the angry yeah. SRX. Well, and and great backstory of see, he's symp- sympathetic from the jump being a Holocaust survivor. Because, again, Nazis will be the again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then but then you. Like you can relate to like in the list, you know, that we read before, you can relate to his motivation of let's take these people out because I've seen this before. And yep. he'll, he, here's the tattoo of, you know, them doing this once before. It's so relatable and you don't, you know, you don't hate the guy, even though he's evil. Yeah. Quote, this evil. is why, I, this is why I think professor X actually is the villain because at any point he can just, make people not racist but for how long joe i think you could just do i think he's just like boom you're not racist anymore and if you think that you your your arm hurts real bad but then he's taking i think then his argument would be you're taking away people's free will yeah uh honestly on that road (laughs) if that's the road they're taking fine (laughs) (laughs) oh you're taking away our will to be racist okay (laughs) (laughs) Censorship. Call the first amendment. <laughs> yeah. I thought I mean, this was free speech. <laughs> I thought this was free thought. Capital F, <laughs> I think. B. <laughs> what about Biff Tannen from Back to the Future? Biff is a good bully. Biff is a great bully. And the the adult Biff who got everything he wanted is like a terrifying villain. Because he's a shit who's mean and has the means. Lorraine. Just how he says Lorraine, you're like, ugh, I hate this guy. I'd vote for him. With a posse, always just has a posse. And you know he's married to Lorraine, but he as soon as she walks out the door, he's just banging everything else that walks by. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes him the worst is he cheats on his wife also well, amongst other things also uh you know he a rapist <laughs> at his high school dance he he raped a woman in the parking lot he didn't it, it was attempted rape <laughs> this is supposed to be a fun time travel movie and you go <laughs> here you go putting your logic on things but well, look, what kind of time travel movie is it that nobody is cryogenically frozen in this movie? <laughs> His sexual assault did stop incest, but hey, you get your damn hands off her. One of the great- I got a, I got a new villain then. If this is what we're talking about, because Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Darth Vader's the villain in that movie. <laughs> uh, I think the writer is the villain in Revenge. Of the Nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about, are you, how about the, he who should not be named Voldemort? Well, (laughs) you named him. 
it, through my adult eyes, because I was an adult when I was introduced to Harry Potter, Voldemort, to me, is a very just generic cliche villain. Did you read also, the books or the movies? I did not read the books. I, I just saw the yeah. movie. Yeah, I just saw the movies because, again, I stress, I, I don't read. But well, the, when he when he shows up, the movies aren't good anymore. Well, I, this is the, the conversation I, ha- I was having with my old lady because um, I was saying, uh, what are the best Damn, villains? And she was naming, because I was like, I need more female villains. And she was naming all this, uh, you know, stuff that I've never seen. And I was like, well, I can't really, I can mention it, but it won't go any further than me saying that thing. Yeah. Um, but she's like, well, the book is good too. I'm like, well, whatever you say, I'm going to say that was a good movie because I know I've not read the book. <laughs> but I, I did listen, I listened and read the Harry Potter books. And that's a character to me that, you know, it wasn't like they went back and and made prequels, but they went back and looked at the origin of that character, and then you find out the horcruxes of how this guy is so evil. But you know, to me, that's it's such a great character. But I think it's through the books and not the movies. Yeah, I don't. I will say in those movies, my favorite thing, and it is a villainous moment, is where they showed Harry's dad being a dick to Snape. Yes. Well, you you play uh, stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> a hero isn't Sterling is always going to be good to me. I, I like showing if you're going to humanize your villain, then you need to humanize your heroes a bit too. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's the same with uh, Thomas Wayne and the new Joker. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, um, if you're talking about like female villains, though, I, and I would say she's a top villain as well as like Cruella Deville. Yeah. Deville's a good villain, yeah, for sure. She wants to take puppies and skin them for a coat, yeah, one that she's already wearing. (laughs) (laughs) She she wears this every day. You can't have enough. (laughs) Hey, hey, here's another good villain uh, from my favorite movie: is Dwight Yoakam in Sling Blade. I've never seen uh, Sling Blade, and it's. Impossible, impossible for me to hate Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, he, oh man. I, but here's the thing, Dwight Yoakam is despicable in that movie. He is also absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely hilarious. I highly recommend Sling Blade. It is, I mean, it's a drama and it's heavy as shit, but it's also, I think, the funniest movie I've ever seen. Okay. To, it's like how I love The Sopranos because it's hilarious, yeah. but because it's, it's not supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, but there's comedy, and Sling Blades is a very funny movie. Like, I mean, John Ritter's in it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a very funny movie. It just also is very sad and heavy. I w- and Sling Blades like a white trash guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Dwight Yoakam is like total white trash. He's very quotable. Uh, he's just a drunk piece of shit. He's really good in Four Christmases. <laughs> I I will say another great white trash piece of shit villain is Kid Rock and Joe Dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's good in that movie, too. Like Nobody he... wants you around, Dirt. <laughs> she wants my body. <laughs> Once you get some Wham burgers and some French fries. <laughs> and, and Joe Dirt just says such a sad sack anyway. Like, he just gets pushed around by this 90-pound white trash guy. <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock is really good in that movie. 
uh back to harry potter uh, another uh, here's a female one is dolores umbridge oh uh, yeah is that the rules one the lady that wears pink all the time yeah, yeah. the good like to me like she's the perfect villain she's just she's like the the principal from rock and roll high school <laughs> it's just like like oh you stop that dancing <laughs> down from there she's the ultimate bootlicker yeah, we're, because they seem, well, her, not from Rock and Roll High School, but <laughs> Umbridge, like, because it seems like she's just, like, got a stick up her ass, but has, like, good intentions of, like, cleaning up this place mm-hmm. kind of attitude. She's uh, every Dean in every 80s yeah. uh, comedy. Yeah. Or the entire town of Footloose Town, or whatever that town's called. <laughs> you know, Footloose Town. Footloose Town. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta change the name of the town if we're gonna keep from dancing. <laughs> it's real loose food. You know, we're gonna have to change our town anthem as well. <laughs> Population no less dancing. drums. <laughs> Acapella only. Uh, you know what my favorite villain line is? What? Is uh from the movie Street Fighter. Uh <laughs> No, listen. Stick, stick with, stick with me here. M. Bison, who's played by that guy who plays Gomez in Adam's Family, uh, he died earlier. I forgot his name. The guy who plays Gomez in the ad, or, or old Adam's Family movies. Anyways, keep going. I'll said, look it up. Someone is uh, talking to the guy, and she's like, "You came to my town, and you slaughtered everybody in the village, and I'm here to get my revenge." And he looks at her and goes, "To you, this moment." is your entire life and you spent your entire life because of this day that happened and to me it was a tuesday you don't mean shit so good such a good line uh raul julia yeah raul julia baby uh another good villain is the guy (laughs) in uh in roadhouse that like wants to fuck patrick swayze while they're fighting (laughs) <laughs> is that the guy that has the monster truck? Uh, I think so. He's the guy with the mullet and he gets his throat ripped. Okay. I used to R- fuck guys like he was in prison. <laughs> so pain come don't on hurt. Over. Or no, pain don't hurt. That's not Roadhouse. Uh, or is it? I ain't got time to bleed. I'm trying to remember. He says pain don't hurt, doesn't he? When he's getting stitched up at the hospital, probably a sponge bath going on in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Sitting <laughs> in a in a whorehouse bathtub. <laughs> Oh. Um, I also he, like uh, in Toy Story, Spike, the neighbor's kid. Oh, that's a great villain. Sid. Oh, Sid. Sid uh, yeah, Sid. I'm sorry. Yeah, Sid. Where he, he's just like a really uh, messed up kid. Yeah, they did the prequel where they explain to us, well, how'd Sid get that way? Ow, Dad, <laughs> stop putting cigarettes out on me. <laughs> and they're like, well, let's mess with this kid who's already very troubled. <laughs> well, but in the context, though, he's only a villain when you know that the toys are alive. He doesn't know that these toys are alive. That's true. Imagine if he knew they could scream. He'd do it worse. <laughs> it is. That, I didn't even think about that. He is just like being creative. <laughs> he's just being a kid. Yeah. And how do the toys keep from screaming? That's, I think, a good question. Like, and they play dead when people are in the room, but while you're being destroyed and dismantled, 
that's amazing restraint. Is there a contract they they sign? Like, I don't understand <laughs> the rules of the toys. Like, we just got to do it. Yes. Yeah, that Joker toy who doesn't care about the rules, and he's just going to let everybody know what's been <laughs> going on in the toy box. He'll just think he's a clown. <laughs> Some men just want to take a magnifying glass to the world. <laughs> Master Wade. <laughs> Want to ask me why I got these rough edges? <laughs> <laughs> Want to know how I got these scuffs? <laughs> I lost my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Want to know how I got out of the box and ruined my mint condition? Want to know why my arms swing so easy? <laughs> Want to know why my strings bent? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why my voice runs so fast? <laughs> Want to know why I wet my diaper? <laughs> uh, a good uh, villain that's not necessarily villain. Uh, rewatching this is a couple podcasts ago, but I did a an episode of Christmas specials and uh, Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and all the other reindeer are great villains because they don't give a shit about Rudolph until they need him. Yeah, and Santa's very indifferent. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he's like, oh, we can't have somebody lead the sleigh with that nose. Oh, okay, thanks for being. I'm I'm three. I'm three months old. Thanks for being a dick. Yeah, and for how many generations has Santa just had these same reindeer on his sleigh? Like being another reindeer at the North Pole, like your options have to be pretty limited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fit it's in. Not a lot or... of work out there. <laughs> There's not a lot of tourism. <laughs> and the north pole um and uh, so i'm you know i'm a horror fan so here's a the same here buddy oh um, horror yeah hey okay michael myers freddy krueger jason Voorhees, and jigsaw i love freddy krueger i well, feel also a good female villain of a jason Voorhees, because his mom is the villain in the first one that's true yeah, but is she good? A good villain? I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> until she gets beheaded. Spoiler alert. In second, Never saw it. My friend's dad took us to the movie, and he took us to go, without my parents knowing, took me to see, and I can never remember which Nightmare on Elm Street. It's uh, The Dream Child. It's that. Okay. Uh, and I left that movie. I was eight years old, and I left that movie... And I just was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. Like my teacher sent home letters because I kept drawing pictures of Freddy Krueger, like slashing people. <laughs> but I was like, he's hilarious. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I'm like Freddy, that franchise. One time Isaac pulled a knife on me. So I'm starting to understand. <laughs> it was a knife glove. It was an editing knife. <laughs> Uh, Freddy Krueger is my least favorite of the that franchise of the those you know four that I named. Yeah, but he's the most charismatic because he's the one that talks, but he's also funny. You know, yeah. he's saying "Prime, welcome to Prime Time, bitch," and then hits you <laughs> with a TV. You know, like I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah, like <laughs> a wet dream. I mean, yeah, like I I completely understand the tonal difference if you like. Jason Voorhees than watching Freddy Krueger mm -hmm. is a completely it's weird when all those movies started becoming like the same movie mm -hmm. and it, it was Jason Voorhees first or Michael Myers Michael Myers yeah Halloween kind of set the tone for what 
all those movies became. Mm-hmm. And one would argue that Jason Voorhees originally was kind of like a poor man's Michael Myers. Well, that was literally, they took a a page out in the LA times or whatever. They did. They only had the title. They didn't have any scripts or anything, but it was advertised as the scariest movie of all time. Friday the 13th. Cause they saw how well Halloween did. Yeah. Uh, so I tried to watch uh, Texas chainsaw massacre and I was like, I don't understand how they made this. <laughs> like it's uh, just a weird style movie, very low budget. And it's one that like, that's a movie that you feel dirty watching. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a sweaty, hot movie, and you feel like it stinks. Yeah. yeah. And that's one where, again, it's weird how like they everything drifts to where, by the end of those, it's just Leatherface chasing people around like he's Jason Voorhees. Well, and that was, that was before all those. I think that was like 74, maybe. Well, the first one, right? But I'm saying like... Yeah. Every- yeah get to like the sequels it looks a lot like the other slasher movies well even in like with halloween 2 that was after like a couple friday the 13th and there's way more blood yeah as a reaction to friday the 13th than yeah. the slasher style the first halloween i mean not that it's a subdued movie but in comparison to the others that would follow i mean yeah it's not nearly as mm-hmm. it's not all about like what way can we figure out for them to mutilate somebody? Yeah. Well, at a certain point, I think, you know, people tuned in for the kill. So you need to have a good kill every seven minutes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this other movie in the horror movie in the seventies. that doesn't have a lot of gore, but I think the villain is great in it. Is the hitcher. I haven't seen that one, but I've seen, you know, that's a favorite of a lot. I think Stephen King is one of his favorites. It really, I, I just watched it randomly the other day and was like, this movie is amazing. And I did not think it would be able, like, because it's from the 70s and you get, you struggle when it's like any of that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's a really scary movie that seems to be like a thing that could at least mainly happen outside the guy going way too crazy. Why but, is that? Why is it a good villain? Because it's just, you have, it, it, similar to Joker. Uh, you have no idea why this person is that way. This guy mm-hmm. just picks up a hitchhiker and things go bad from there. Yeah. We're and just the, trying to escape this guy and he's like, I don't know why he wants to kill me. That's also why I like villain. That's why my, you know, Michael Myers is my favorite. They, they eventually paint in why he's killing who he kills, but the first one, there's no motivation. Really. It's he's just killing. Yeah. Be, I, you know, Michael Myers is cool because I know it like becomes more later on, but like he's just a faceless, unstoppable human being mm-hmm. who is just murdering. Well, and even in the script, his his name is the shape. It's not Michael Myers. He's just yeah. It it so it makes him just very, and they relied on it like especially the first one. It's like it's eerie. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's using the elements of a traditional horror movie to create the feelings, not just that he's going, but also the fact that he just, he keeps coming. Mm-hmm. He keeps like, you heard him there and there's no, he doesn't yelp when he gets stabbed or anything, you know, and that makes him uh, more formidable. And I, Jason has that same quality because he's got the mask on and doesn't speak but it definitely adds to it like that dehumanizing element of the human, like a zombie. 
Well, with Jason too, you you can actually you can relate and somewhat because oh, the kid died because the camp camp counselors were having sex, and now he's out for revenge. He hates it when people fuck. That's right. Well, there's a meme. Of, Same. It's 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 him. It's uh, and it says, "Don't fuck by my lake." <laughs> wait till <laughs> wait till Jason finds online porn. <laughs> Uh, Britt, you go to a lot of conventions and stuff. Have you met? I call him Baby Jason. Have you met that guy? Uh, uh, his uh, his uh, his name is Ari Lehman, I think. Yeah, uh, and he's First got that- Jason. His First- band's called First Jason. Is this when they go to Jason? They put him as a ten year old in the. <laughs> The very end of the first Friday the Thirteenth, he pops yeah. out at, at the boat. So he's just got like the screenshot of the one one scene he's in. <laughs> yeah, and like he has a band, and they're called First Jason, and every song pretty much is about Jason or Friday the Thirteenth or killing. If I, do you think? Do you think the other bands like I got this song about missing a girl from across the town? Did, well, did we you, could kill no. her. <laughs> I went to a convention one year uh, selling one of the movies I had made, and I was in character as Jasper T. Colbert. <laughs> and first Jason, Ari guy, really wanted to hang out after the convention. <laughs> and Jasper had to blow him off. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I like that you you were, so, you were in character, so you had, you, the character blows off the first Jason. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if you weren't Jasper, you would hang out with him. <laughs> also, uh, Isaac, this is a side note, but uh, I had your brother Vinny on a- another episode. Um, I'm trying to remember what the topic was now. I think it was the Christmas specials episode. It was me, your brother Vinny, and then uh, Gavin Eddings. But Isaac told the story about how you guys saw the bootleg Bart Simpson merch. <laughs> yeah yeah because after the, doing that he looked up a bunch of them, right like yeah he sent them to me but you, you want to tell that story again about seeing the shirt in the window the it was the the christian one is that what he was talking yeah, about the, yeah the christian bart simpson yeah, knockoff like a christian bookstore and they were selling shirts that were brett scripture <laughs> <laughs> I can't gross say what it was yeah, I mean that it was just like all these knockoff, you know, that when the Simpsons were so hot and and the knockoff was Brett Scripture, but it looked like Bart Simpson. I bet Vinny didn't tell you the story about when we were children and they put out the first line of Simpsons action figures. We would like divvy up action figure collections, like each of us would ask for one store, we'd get the whole collection. Mm-hmm. And Vinny was the older brother, so he had first dibs. He had old I had to get Robin because Vinny would get the joke or get yeah. Batman, you know so get the Joker so I got Robin <laughs> to choose the villains is how I started getting around this so it does come back to this episode <laughs> Vinny wanted Homer and Bart and so I was left with Marge and Lisa and I didn't want them so I was like oh but they make a Bart man can I get the Bart man and so then my mom gave us money to buy each other Christmas presents and I bought Vinny the Homer that he needed and then when I opened my package that day, it was a those hard rubber toys with the arms that have those like metal bands in them where you can mm-hmm. like. And it was a a Bart Simpson of those that didn't match the other toys and had the wrong collar shirt. 
And what was that the one that Vinny got you? It's what he got me. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't get me the Bartman because he didn't want me stepping on his toes of his. <laughs> and about fifteen years later, after me bringing this up, Vinny bought me the uh, Bartman of the most recent line of <laughs> Simpsons action figures. I think I what have did, that. Uh, what did Thor get, Maggie? <laughs> yeah, Thor was a baby. It, it... <laughs> I think I was gonna go get it, but I think I have that Bartman on the wall over there, Isaac. Oh yeah, it was a, a white, uh, a white background with the and purple uh, Bartman, I think. Yeah, um, I I open my toys. I I have I don't have nearly as many action figures as you do, Brent, but yeah. I have like a few, and I open them because I if I'm gonna have an action figure, I'm gonna fucking play with it. Well, I have a bunch of open too, and that I, I should open all these because they're like five dollars at best. So it's not like I'm going to resell it and make any money. It's just stuff that I like. Get those sets because those are the ones that are interactive with the uh, sets, aren't they? Yeah, so you could put it down on like the, and it'll be like, uh, you know, let's go out for some frosty chocolate milkshakes. Yeah, your <laughs> wife is gonna love it if you take yeah. this. And you're just laying on your belly on the living room floor with your with my toy, my Hot Wheels tracks and stuff. <laughs> I mentioned Stephen King earlier, and here's another female one that I think is a terrific villain: is Annie Wilkes from um, Misery. Yeah, holy shit, that is a great villain. Kathy Bates character, and it's so pure because she's such a pure character. She won't swear. Like uh, one of my favorite lines is, she's like, uh, I. I hit you with the cock-a-duty car or what, you know? Yeah. So she's making up fake swear words, but then she's uh, taking James Conn and breaking his legs so he can't walk. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's <laughs> real gross. Yeah. It's like the Umbridge thing. It's like the Puritan villain is a pretty, that's a big doozy. Like that's a, it's a lot with a person that, yeah, thinks that they're righteous in the light mm -hmm. of the Lord or whatever. It makes a pretty good villain. Did you guys watch the show Castle Rock? I did not. You would love it, Brent. Uh, but I would. But I just... like it. <laughs> no. If you're into Stephen King and shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> but the the chick, I think she was on the show Party Down, plays Annie Wilkes when she's young. Okay. So again, they go back and tell you a backstory about somebody that you probably didn't need, but the character is still great. Okay. That's cool. Check that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can always appreciate when they go back and it doesn't hurt. Like the, the Michael Myers, Rob Zombie ones, where they they show, yeah. oh, he's from the white trashiest family on earth, and like I can appreciate it, but also I don't. I don't need the the motivation for why he is what he is because the whole point is that he just does what he does. There's no, you know, another, he doesn't need a reason. Yeah. Another really good villain of that ilk is uh, from the movie Seven. Yep, John I have Doe. I've never watched that, that movie. Oh, well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but you remember how you talked about beheading earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but there's a big fat guy. <laughs> big... That, well, and that I had that on my list too, Joe. And uh, it's so weird how so many of these villains on my list and other villains are played by um, Kevin Spacey. Real, real villains in real life. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, you know, Kevin Spacey is John Doe. He's also Kaiser Soze. Uh, sorry. If, if these are major spoilers, <laughs> like pare down my poster now of the usual. So. 
And uh, I would say uh, Frank uh, Underwood from House of Cards, somewhat a villain. Somewhat. <laughs> he's, somewhat. A real, he's truly a villain in that movie. Yeah, he's, that. he's the president. He's, you know, that's a given. Um, and he never incited violence. Uh, <laughs> just murder. Just individual just, murders. Just push somebody in front of a train. I am so sorry for ruining this show that no one has talked about in five years. <laughs> I just finished it uh, a month or two ago. <laughs> once, once like they started like she like left the White House and went to go sleep with that other guy. I just stopped watching because it wasn't love anymore. It was never love. It was a business relationship. Yeah. I think Kevin Spacey makes a good villain because he just looks like a guy. That that would be yeah, <laughs> yeah where you see you can see somebody and be like, I bet that guy's an asshole. Yeah. It's why he's so good at American beauty. Yeah. He's very average looking. I and I I also think he's a great actor despite his despicable yeah. Think I'm also like it, it was that was one where I, I you know you heard what he did what he did and you're like man fuck now I can't like this guy which I don't you know I don't want to like him anymore but you're yeah, like yeah. man what a great performance you're well, like, at least we still got Bill Cosby stand up and Woody Allen movies you know <laughs> that's true when you're like oh I got eight episodes left of this show do I finish <laughs> I was on like season two and I just kept watching because there. are other great performances in that show. It's weird how like that guy can ruin the whole show for everybody else, you know? It's it's real life villains. Now that we're talking about when in my logical brain, I can say I should still be able to enjoy watching the Cosby show. Mm -hmm. I think the Cosby show is great. I cannot watch the Cosby show though. I've tried. And I just, I can't, it, it's been ruined for me now. I've never watched that, at, like, ever at all. Um, but now, you know, now I won't. But it, it's also, I do think Bill Cosby's a good comedian. He I was just, you know. Yeah, it's just, yeah, but it, it, I have some of his records still. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to go, like, I'm not going to break and burn the records, but I'm not probably not going to listen to them either. Yeah. I have a Bill Cosby album where he's, it's a, he just sings a bunch of songs on it. He's doing covers. Is it called Bill Cosby Sings? It's something about like the Happy Valley Sunny thing or what it was like the backup band. But yeah, just Bill Cosby singing. Those are the, whenever you go to Goodwill and look at records, it's always like religious records and Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess that's a testament to how many he sold. Um, sure. I think I have uh, one more or two more. Uh, do you guys have any last villains you want to talk about before we wrap up? I like to bring up one villain just because I think he's very interesting in the movie where it's a movie where the hero and villain never have a scene together. Mm-hmm. The fifth element, Gary Oldman's character. It's been so long since I've seen that, but I do. I like that movie so much. But so Gary Oldman it. has this whole plan that he's doing and Bruce Willis's character has no idea. Like he's completely unaware of any of that stuff that's happening. So they are they are both in the same story, but they never meet each other at any moment. That's that doesn't often happen. Usually, there's the showdown scene or something, you know. Yeah, there is no showdown scene between those two characters, even though one is the hero and one is the villain, and the hero is completely unaware of them. Yeah, interesting choices all the way through, which is surprising that it was ever made. 
Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Well, and you, you know, you mentioned Gary Oldman. A lot of these people that we're talking about are just great actors to begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's it's also like maybe this, you know, like the first would, Jason, <laughs> like first Jason. <laughs> um, one that one that I wanted to bring up, uh, Walter White. <clears throat> so I've only watched two seasons. Well, we we don't have to f- talk about them if you don't want to. But uh, so I don't think I got to the parts where he really becomes a good villain. I honestly think it is the third season that happens where he starts to make the choices where it's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, where the it, it, he started, you know, cooking meth for his family. Yeah. And then he makes the choices for himself. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I'm I'm aware and understand that the show is the evolution of this guy becoming a monster. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. And it's neat. I will. I only watched that show uh, when COVID hit. That was my first binge, Stuck at Home. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I watched the first two seasons, and then we never went back. And I always like I try to analyze that at times, like whenever you watch something and then you just don't go back for the third season. And yeah. I'm not sure what it was with that show. The only thing, the only complaint I had about it is that they don't cuss. Well, yeah, it was the AMC show. Such heavy stuff, but nobody cusses. There's a few swear words where they they knew it was like, oh, here's it's pivotal. But I do agree where it's like, screw you. That guy's not saying screw you. You know, it can take you out. You're a real jerk face. (laughs) Why don't you just have you have you watched (laughs) Brent? Have you watched uh, Better Call Saul? I am. I think I'm on the third season of that. So I watched. I haven't watched the newest season, but through mm-hmm. the third season, who's the villain? I don't think I'm that far. Okay. Well, you watch three seasons of a show and you don't know who a villain is in it. Isn't that interesting? Is Bob Odenkirk not the villain? I uh, like. I think that's what it is. But he's not really the villain in the first three seasons. Oh, okay. For the first three, yeah, I think a lot of it is just his personal struggles. Yeah, and there's no real villain or hero kind of thing. It's just this guy's life sucks. Maybe it's the the head of the law firm, the guy that's not his brother, but the other guy, the yeah. co-founder of the law firm. But there's not to me, there's not been a lot of conflict, and it's 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 a quite the departure from Breaking Bad, where there's action and murder, and then you go to you know lawyer stuff which is it's been good too i just haven't finished it yeah no i mean to me i actually from what i've seen so far i think better call Saul is better than breaking bad but it's weird that there isn't this kind of dynamic like there is in breaking bad mm-hmm. well and it's just a, i think a different show again i haven't seen all of it though so um any other ones you guys want to wrap up on it is the last one on your list shooter mcgavin <laughs> that's a good one that guy, uh, I don't know what his name is, but he always plays a good asshole. Yeah, he plays a great asshole, and so the the guy, uh, um, oh, yeah, what else has he been? What else has Shooter McGavin been in as a great asshole? I'm trying to think of the specific. Not much because well, I, I only know him as Shooter McGavin. <laughs> I also like uh, Rob Lowe and Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brothers don't shake hands brothers hug <laughs> he's just the worst person 
Christopher McDonald. Christopher McDonald. Man, he should he should change his name to Shooter McGavin because that's a horrible name. <laughs> He's been in Thelma and Louise, Grease, Requiem for a Dream, Flubber, The Iron Giant. <laughs> what a what a funny group of movies you just said. <laughs> Grease, Requiem for a Dream, Flubber. <laughs> What's so funny is in my brain he is interchangeable with the dick teacher in the breakfast club. Oh yeah. And he's the, he's a, the dick in um, uh, Hans Gruber, whatever that movie's called. Die hard. He's like the asshole cop. <laughs> Isn't Carl Winslow in die hard? Yeah. He, cool. he shot a kid. <laughs> now I can make more references than just the, the very, basic diehard yeah what's what's uh isaac is there a villain in your uh your garp movie the world according to garp yeah uh life is the villain (laughs) (laughs) i just thought it's your favorite movie ever i didn't know there was a villain in it (laughs) i mean there are villains but there isn't like an overhanging it's just it's about how fucked up life is uh, I'm looking through the list. Any other ones? There's an AFI top 100 villains, and some of those are older. So I'm like, oh, that, d- that doesn't even like, can't even touch. It'd be like the Wicked Witch of the West, which I'm like, that's a villain, but it's also not the quintessential villain. I liked AFI's first few albums, but <laughs> I'll tell you, if you guys want to hear more of my villains, you really enjoy me. You should buy uh, Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates. The album coming out January 22nd, where I talk more about the subject. <laughs> You're a liar. My podcast, Movies We Haven't Seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you guys are getting your plugs out of the way because it's time to wrap up. Joe Joe Bates, you said January 22nd for your album release. Yes, uh, Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates, iTunes, Amazon Music. The pre-sale is out now with On Tour Records. Um, and also, if you like podcasts, and I know if you're a fan of Brent, you probably like wrestling podcasts. Uh, me, Austin Fry, Kale Forbes have a podcast called uh, Entertainment Federation Wrestling. It's a fictional wrestling promotion. Uh, we do the announcing. We put mat noises. It sounds like we're announcing actual matches. Uh, we have a tag team in it. It's a father-son tag team, but the dad never shows up. Uh, so, <laughs> so much production just... and and it's it's a so well-produced show. Yeah, it is very funny. Uh, and what is that? The Entertainment Wrestling Federation. Entertainment Entertainment Federation Wrestling EFW Live. I think you can find it on Facebook at EFW Live. Um, but yeah, it's all on Spotify. I, the whole season one and the entire season one is out on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. And Isaac, what do you want to plug? Uh, I do have an album out as well. It's Isaac Lamfort live at the White Rabbit Cabaret. That's on all the the formats. I am often live at the White Rabbit Cabaret, which will also be launching uh, in the near future. There will be ways to subscribe and view live shows and original content online from the White Rabbit. Well, that's all, you know, it's a live performance venue, my probably my favorite venue here in Indianapolis. And it's always good when you can support a live local venue during COVID times and non-COVID yeah. times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I do have a podcast as well that Joe participates in and you've appeared on an mm-hmm. evening with the authors that can be found everywhere you listen and part of the Perfecta podcast network. 
And then I've got this uh, this project, Joe Bates, Joe Bates, Joe Bates by Joe Bates by Isaac Lanford. <laughs> yeah, you were the uh, editor. Uh, I was going to say executive producer, but that wouldn't be you. Yeah, my, I, I actually edited Isaac's album. It didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> producer all up in the video. <laughs> Come to Death Row Records. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for being on the, the field trip, and hopefully you'll come back, except for you, Joe. Oh, well, well hey, one time is good. Ah, thanks, guys. Later. Later.